to you, O oh God, a rock and our redeemer. I keep getting really cheerful passages to preach. If you remember, the last time was about blood sacrifice. <laughs> so I don't know what the Spirit's trying to tell me or what Josh is trying to tell me on that, but we'll figure that out later. Um, my new favorite author, Serene Jones, says this. A traumatic event is one in which a person or persons perceives themselves or others as threatened by an external force that seeks to annihilate them and against which they are unable to resist and which overwhelms their capacity to cope. That's from her book called Trauma and Grace. See, trauma is when our whole being felt like it was going to die and it didn't. And that happens to individual people and it happens to whole communities. The people who wrote down the stories and the poems and the speeches and everything else that we call the Bible didn't have the language of trauma that we have now, but I think it's pretty safe to say that the people in Jeremiah have been through, the things they have been through, exile from their homes. This was a traumatic time for them. Each individual processes the world differently and is overwhelmed by different things in different ways. So even exile like this would not have been an event that traumatized each individual person necessarily, but surely the whole community felt it in that way. And they were all suffering on some level or another. It was an event that threatened their existence and their well-being. Their capacity to cope was overwhelmed by the time we meet them in this passage. And we have a lot of scripture that's full of lament and 
crying out to God in overwhelming times. And we like to ignore it on Sunday morning for the most part. It rarely comes up in the lectionary outside of Holy Week. It's not the kind of scripture that we like to go to when we're selecting passages to read on Sunday morning. And I get it because it's hard to talk about this stuff. We have enough on our own plates and our own lives just trying to get through the day today. We want to come in and have scripture uplift us and make us feel nice. There are some days and weeks at the jail where I work where my job is hard, but it's like doable hard because I know we're doing really good work there. I know that's a calling from God. And there are other days and weeks where I am pretty sure that that work is going to break me. And this week was one of those weeks. So the last thing I wanted to do yesterday was sit down and write a sad sermon about sad people telling God how sad they are. But I've also spent the last three years of my life studying the church's responsibility to help heal trauma. Trauma for individuals, trauma for communities. And so it wasn't long before the Spirit got a hold of me and reminded me that I was trying to avoid the very, exactly the same hard stuff uh, that I'm trying to tell the institutional church to stop avoiding. Uh, that's very hilarious, God. Because in our culture, we like to sweep pain under the rug, right? It's easier in the short term to do that rather than facing things. And sometimes if we are truly overwhelmed in the moment, Setting it aside for a little while is the safe and healthy thing to do, but leaving it there for too long is what's unhealthy. Leaving it undealt with, ignoring the pain in the world around us is unhealthy in the long run. If we don't deal with it eventually, we're going to regret it. If we bottle it up, if we let it sit and simmer for too long, it's going to come back to bite us later. That's true for individuals, again, and true for communities like churches. Sweeping the pain under the rug causes a disconnect between our experiences and our emotions. And that causes all sorts of negative actions, feelings, experiences in our lives. And for reasons that I can explain over coffee or in a small group, for those who really want to know more, when men have unprocessed pain, suffering, or trauma, they tend to show excess anger as a result. All these angry young men in the community that we're worried about, it's unprocessed pain, right? Thinking about how we legislate things like guns and drugs and other community health concerns is important, but when we do that, we're treating the symptoms, not the disease at the heart of it. And women, we, we stuff it down too, right? Um, but it just gets to us differently. The really common symptoms of when women do this are shame and low self-esteem and depression and anxiety, lack of self-care, right? Unhealed pain for us makes us feel kind of worthless and sad. And for communities like churches, pretending there's no pain in the Bible, in the world, in our families and lives, in our church, in our community. That's why so many churches you walk into and it just feels fake. There's no authenticity in it. They lose their steam and their street cred and eventually their members and their health and their identity. See, when we're really hurting, we don't want to just be told, don't worry, God's got it. Cheer up in some sort of like dismissing way, right? We need to hear, 
God's people have been going through hard times since way back in Jeremiah. And they cried out and they mourned and they dealt with that stuff in real and raw ways. And God was in with them, so let it out. In this passage today, we have the first part of the passage where we hear God's lament. God's crying out in pain with the community. And then God calls out the women to come mourn too. God calls the women of Israel out with the sacred task of leading the mourning. Because if that lament is not let out, if the people do not confront their pain and their suffering and their trauma, they will find themselves caught in the cruel grips of anger and shame. We can only be people of joy and resurrection when we have grieved with God for the suffering of our community, our families, and the world. God sees our pain, dear friends. God mourns our pain before even we realize it's there. And God calls the church to help us mourn our pain so that we can be made whole again, no longer overwhelmed by the anger or the shame. It is not a bad or a negative thing to mourn, to grieve, to cry out. Church, we have to lament. We are called to lament. And I don't think you need me to list all the reasons in our world and our community that there are to mourn and lament and to lead the community and the world around us in letting that sadness out. We won't stay here in the sorrow forever, but we need to press through it to the next day. Psalm 35, 30 verse 5, not 35, says, Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes with the morning. God who mourns with us does not call us to mourning out of some sick game or something. God, who mourns with us, calls us, the church, to the motherly work of crying out for the pain in the community and leading those who need to cry out and let go before the pain overwhelms them and floods them in anger and shame. We're supposed to be a model, not of fake surface joy, but of the joy that comes out of pain and lament and surviving it. That is our privilege, and that is our calling. We need to mourn our own pain, and we need to lead the community in its lament as well. Um, I didn't realize what a chore this would be when I asked, but I asked for Josh to bring out the lament prayer station up front and center, and it turned into a little bit of a construction project. So thank you for doing that. We're gonna take a little bit of time in some silence this morning. Um, well, silent reflection. We're going to be silent. We're going to listen to some, some music. And I encourage you to take that space to um, just kind of reflect and focus. Um, pray about what laments you might be holding on to that you need to let go of, that you need to release. Uh, the candles are a great way to do that. So there's some candles up here as well. You might want to take Hermione's lead from a few weeks ago and write a song or a poem or begin the sketches of a piece of art. Um, I'm also going to ask Josh to be on standby with me up here if anyone needs some prayer one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you can kneel on the kneeler at your own risk. I can't verify the integrity of that. 
um, or you can kneel near it or on the stairs here. If you are feeling overwhelmed or triggered this morning and that's a little bit uh, too deep for you, please come see me later. I have stacks and stacks of resources I can connect you with. I'm happy to talk at any point. Um, and maybe you don't have a lament of your own right now. Maybe you came in feeling great this morning and you're like, wow, she's a downer today. <laughs> that might be your turn to find a friend who needs someone to help them carry what they are lamenting this morning. So keep your eyes and your ears opened for folks in our little community here who might need your help as well. We're not going to fix things. We're just going to pray, offer hugs as necessary, sit together, pray and light some candles. And then right after this time, uh, Josh is gonna lead us in the prayers of the people, correct? Cool. <laughs> um, and then we're gonna uh, celebrate communion together as a reminder of the strength that we have and of the table of joy that we are all invited to as a community. And so I'm gonna ask uh, Del to put some of that, that music I sent him on um, and just take this time in some quiet reflection and prayer.